York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick and Tom Show here to give you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time. And it's a little bit late. Sorry, it's a technical difficulty working with the computer in the back end, but you know how it is sometimes. The Knicks lose a nail biter, man. The Knicks lose to the Timberwolves 112 to 110. We fought back we We're down 10 points in the third quarter, but end up scoring 40. I repeat. 40 in the third quarter alone, erasing the third quarter of Boom Stigma, and it looked like the Knicks were about to put this team away. But the second unit once again comes up short, forcing the first unit to come back a little bit early, and the first unit couldn't get it done. Missed free throws, turnovers, um, bad play calling questionable substitutions at the end fouling out all of this led to the Knicks losing to the Timberwolves and the disappointing of the 112 110 we going to talk all about tonight with Knicks Nation but shout out to you guys man shout out to you guys who were here who was waiting for a long time I'm sorry I had all sorts just like the Knicks had a collapse my computer had a collapse right before the show <laughs> had to reinstall zoom nothing was working had Raw here, but he he got a little tired after trying to wait for me to set up. And so it's your boy Jay Ellis today. Ryan, I'm not sure what happened to Ryan, but hopefully he's okay. But we still here on here to me. We'll talk about it all. Teddy two game. The Knicks lose 112 to 110. And let's break it down, man. But shout out to everybody who's rocking with the chat. Uh shout out to Glamour Knicks. Uh shout out to one to Nick, always a Nick. Shout out to Big Reaper. Shout out to Fritz Alessandro. Shout out to JT Reddick. Shout out to Geraldine MacGyver. And everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show who's here to talk about this crazy, ridiculous loss. And I don't even know what to, I don't even know where to start tonight, guys. I don't even know where to start tonight. Cause this holds all over the place. Holds all over the place. But I'm a I'm a I'm a you know what I'm gonna start off with? Uh Fourth quarter execution. I'm going to start off with fourth quarter execution. Curious play calling, curious decision making being made in the fourth quarter. Um, One, Alec Burks, right? You already heard You already heard the chance. Mitchell Robinson is out there. He fouls out after playing, you know, playing well this season without fouling out too many times. He gets a boneheaded fifth foul. Um, that probably wasn't um that was, he got a boneheaded fourth foul, fifth foul, and then fouls out the game the last second, and the coach has a decision to make, and he chooses to go Alec Burks over Obi Toppin. Now I get, I kind of get that decision a little bit. Alec Burks has a reputation for coming on in the fourth quarter, even when he's been playing bad, and so he was hoping to recreate some of that magic once again. But today. Um, was not one of those days for him, and it did not turn out to be a good decision for this coach. Um, two, the turnovers, the turnovers killed us. The turnovers killed us. But before I even get to the turnovers, the the play calling at the end of the game was very peculiar. 
And shout out to Nick's Twitter because I see Nick's Twitter. They pointed out at the out of a timeout, we we ran a brilliant play that had RJ go to the foul line and pass the ball to Julius Randle to break the zone because you already know how the Knicks, you know, they already struggle against the zone. And that was probably the one's beautiful, most beautiful plays we ran out of the timeout. Fast forward to the end of the game. We have Kemba Walker, who I need to give an apology because Kemba Walker cooking. Tight game. Kemba Walker is throwing bomb after bomb from three. This is a guy who we got here to make the big plays at the end of the game situations. And for some reason, we didn't go pick and roll with Kemba Walker. We didn't even have the ball in Kemba Walker's hands for the last play of the game. We ended up going to Evan Fournier. Now, granted, Evan Fournier all game long has been making pretty good decisions. Um, he's been actually been he actually been doing pretty well. He's he's made a lot of plays. Evan Fournier on the night had four assists, and he was actually handling the pressure for the most part of the night pretty well. But I thought it was a poor decision to kind of it seemed like on the fly give the the ball to Evan Fournier. Um, it looked like the spacing was wrong. It looked like it wasn't premeditated. It looked like it was sloppy, and it didn't look like that was a play that was supposed to be called, but rather. The ball just end up in his hands, and he just decided to do something, do something, and make something out of nothing. And that was the wrong way to go about it. I wish Kemba Walker had the ball in his hands in that situation, for sure. Um, and, and that was probably one of the biggest bras of the night for me when it comes to the coaching. Oh, so I'm sorry, Tibbs. That was that was the wrong play. Um, but you know what? I I gotta give it up to Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, after missing a bunch of games, after, you know, we had a conspiracy theory going over here that Kemba Walker was going to be traded at some point of the night. But now Kemba Walker comes in, 29 minutes on the night, gives you 19 points, four assists, two rebounds, and one of the most prettiest assists to Mitch Robinson, which was like an underhanded uh, pick and roll pocket pass between two players for Mitch Robinson for the jam. So I got I give a lot of credit to Kemba Walker, who came in and after laying off once again for I don't know how many games, gives you 19 points and really critical playmaking and point guard play from Kemba Walker. So shout out to that man. Um, we got one of our point guards back. Um, another thing is. We got one point guard back, but we need another one back. We need Derrick Rose back, man. We need Derrick Rose back bad. Our bench was abysmal to the point where it forced our stars to come back in early in the fourth quarter. I think they came in at the eight-minute mark. And it was kind of the same situation the night before. And I was worried that we was going to run out of gas. And today, it seemed like that killed us. It killed us once again. I'm looking at the bench points. Bench points today, 43 to 18 advantage Timberwolves. Oh, bro on the night for the Timberwolves. Advantage Timberwolves. And who, who, who <laughs> I like Beasley had a quick 10. Jalen Powell was cooking us. This bench really outplayed our bench. Um, this was a, a, a time for quickly to kind of take the reins and put what he put in practice from the summer league into these games. And he really didn't have it from the point guard perspective today. 
Um, also, even Obi, he had he had a Obi had a nice little first half run. I feel like the coach extended his minutes a little bit longer in that first stint. But man, we really needed uh some Ob IQ action today. When IQ came in at point guard, I was hoping. Listen, these two guys in the game at the same time, I feel like you gotta run pick and roll Ob IQ. Like I I don't understand what's going on with the second unit. Ob Ob strength is diving at the basket. I understand. I know he has to work on his three, but use his strength first. You pick and roll Ob. Use his athleticism. He got going in that first unit. In that first half, you know, making hustle plays, um, getting getting close to the basket. Recreate that magic IQ. IQ needs to get back in the lab. I know he's been pulled quickly twice, yesterday and today. And I feel like his confidence might be going down a little bit because I feel like he's a little bit shaky in the point guard position right now. I still have faith in the kid, but today wasn't a good showing for the bench. And it's it's going to be a minute for, for uh, Derrick Rose to get back to this game. But he's back with the team after surgery, so he should be back around February. But it's 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 pretty imminent that we're missing Derrick Rose right now, and it's this it's been disappointing for the second unit because, you know, even with Derrick Rose out, it seems like they were able to uphold a certain standard for a second, and they've still been able to be a decent second unit. But um, today wasn't one of those days. Even with Alec Burks back on the bench, you had Alec Burks. <laughs> zero points on the night from Alec Burks. So if and you think that that's the pro for having Kimber Walker back, Alec Burks is back on the second unit to give him stability. That didn't work. But he's also RJ Barrett was part of that second unit too. And you were hoping that, you know, RJ Barrett with IQ would give you some stability in that second unit. It just wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening today. It wasn't happening for the bad man. It was, it was, it was bad all around for the second unit. Um, but let's 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 get to it, man. Let's get to it. RJ Barrett. Young Rowan. I call him the Bodman Barrett. He was straight he was bad today, man. And we talked about it yesterday. This is gonna be a, a maturation process for RJ. His usage rate is going up. And you're starting to see in real time, it is not easy. To be the man, and it's not easy to have defenses key in you for entire games. It takes a lot of mental stamina to see double and triple teams and to be weary of where they're coming from, be be able to know when to when to pass the ball and when to shoot it. And RJ Barrett is finding out right that right right now. And Knicks Nations and Knicks fans, we're finding out that same thing because we get telling my give the keys to RJ, give the keys to RJ. And I don't regret saying that because I still feel like he can develop into a playmaker, but um he has to figure out how to uh, attack these pick and rolls and attack these blitzes. Because right now what they're doing is RJ has been rolling with that um. That pick and roll, that uh, that that pistol action, that they like to call, you know, the pistol action when RJ runs around, starts off on the side, he he most of the times goes from the left, he kind of runs off of two screens and starts getting downhill. These Timberwolves were stopping that early. They were stopping him at that three point line, the point of attack, and try to get him out that early. And and sometimes he forced the issue and he forced the situation. And a lot of times in that first half, he was met by two or three people. 
They took away the line to Mitch, and now uh, he's he's kind of forced to. They, they they read our passes. They read his passes pretty well, and that led to seven turnovers by R.J. Barrett. We've been calling no handle Randall, no handle Randall for a long time, and and R.J. Barrett's passing has been an Achilles heel for these Knicks these past two games. Today, seven turnovers. Yesterday was six turnovers. And also, the end of the game situation, crucial turnovers in the fourth quarter. One of them was by R.J. Barrett. Um, Altogether, the team, zero turnovers. Count them, zero turnovers after having 13 in the first half by this team. Zero turnovers in the third quarter. They were able to attack the pressure extremely well in that third quarter. And the fourth quarter, they wet the bed. That kind of tells you it's more of a mental thing with them right now. They've been doing well all quarter. They got, they got in their head a little bit, man. They got in their head a little bit, and it was playing a little bit tight. It was playing a lot tight. And I feel like that tightness... Cost us the game. Uh, granted, it was a great comeback. Um, it's shown that we, we can do. Like, if, if there is a pro from this game, you can, t- you can that we can take away from that. Maybe you can build from. It's that third quarter magic where we figure things out, and we were able to score forty in that for in that quarter, right? Like, because the magic of that first unit that's been doing so well has been the ball movement and what's been happening. And what's been saving us in that third quarter was exactly that, the ball movement, where everybody was getting touches. Um, The game dictated where the ball went to. And also, you know, Randall was really, he was really good. He wasn't scoring all that well. He scored when he had to. He, he he got to a point where he recognized he had that mismatch and he was taking to the hole and he was flexing on the crowd and he was screaming and he was like, we like that side of Randall. And, and, and also, we saw a defensive intensity from Randall and the Knicks in that third quarter. Randall did a beautiful job even covering for Mitchell Robinson who was, you know, because Carl Anthony Towns was blown by Mitchell Robinson all game, and you saw Randall being that last line defense, getting a, a, a lot of really good blocks. Randall had four blocks tonight. I don't know if he had that many blocks all game. So there's there's a lot of good to be taken away from this game. Um, the Timberwolves, you know, they just beat the, the, the Golden State Warriors. This is a tough team still. But, man, the, 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 bad, the bad, the coaching, the play execution. Um, growing pains from R.J. Barrett. The bench not stepping up and being a hole from Derrick Rose. Shot making because he missed a lot of th- open threes in the first quarter as well. Um, all that contributed to his win. But um, you hope that Kemba Walker is back for real. And I'm sorry, Kemba Walker. I'm sorry for doubting you, Kemba Walker. You, you showed why he was important in this game. Um, Hopefully, Kemba, with Kemba Walker being back and... Us seeing what we have in that fourth quarter. Hopefully, we can take that take this into the next game because we have some tough games moving forward for these Knicks. We have the second hardest schedule in the league, so we really have to step our game out. It's, it's really now or never. It really is now or never. All right, now let's get it. 
Next game, I'm going to open the phone lines up right now. You already see the, the, the phone lines are open. All you got to do is call that number right there, 319-527-6241. If you want to talk Knicks basketball, if you want to complain about this game, let's talk about it. Talk to your boy, Jay Ellis, on the line, all right? First caller up, we have Big Reaper on the phone. Hey, what's up, Jay? Yeah, what's going on, oh, thanks man? Thanks for taking my call. Good Absolutely. evening, chat. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it was, uh, it was unfortunate, you know, that we lost this game. Um, I agree with you. There is some questionable stuff by uh, by the coach. Um, but I, I think, like, you know, I think um, – Anthony Edwards was in uh, in uh, in R.J. Barrett's head today. Mm. It seems like, honestly, it seems like you know, although R.J. doesn't show it, he he really crumbled today. He did you know, on the pressure, and uh, you know, so it was it was unfortunate to see that. I mean, seven turnovers today. He had six yesterday, and so you're right. It's like you know, it's not easy being a guy. I'm still happy uh, we have him running. Uh, the offense a little more because it does take a little pressure off Julius, and I think it helps our offense move a little better. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest problem with RJ is, honestly, everybody talks raised about his work ethic. I don't think he's actually putting in the time on his shot. He's not putting in time on his shot, especially you can tell with that with his terrible free throw percentage, especially like uh, I want to say like the last 20 games. It's been pretty abysmal. Um, and also you can just tell, I mean, it's, um, it's just, he just hasn't been putting in the time, uh, to work on his shot. And I don't think he's putting in the time on film either, you know, uh, because sometimes it's just like, it seems like he struggle, like he doesn't really know the defense he's playing against sometimes. And so, and you can also tell when you look at RJ Barris's game loss for the whole year, it's insane. You can tell he doesn't work on his shooting. Because he'll have, like, I think early in the season, he started off not shooting very well. Then he had, like, three games where he shot well. And, uh, and then he basically fell off for, like, 10 games where he – I'm sorry, where he was shooting, like, 29%. 10-game stretch, he shot 29% from the field. That was the average during that 10-game stretch. Thibodeau comes out, puts, uh, basically puts him on blast and say, like, well, he needs to put in time on his shooting. Uh, they were doing it last year, and uh, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I remember Thibodeau making a comment, and then he came back the next day and walked it back a little bit. Right. And after that, RJ had, like, you know, basically a five-game stretch where he was, like, up and down, but he was shooting better. And that he went out uh, for COVID. He's just not working on his shot. I think that's what the issue with RJ is. Uh, he's, not, he's not doing it, uh, you know. And you can just tell with the free throw shooting. Burks. I'm not too surprised with Burks. Uh, last season, Burks is, I mean, the first half of the season last year, I mean, the dude was just like, you know, I, I remember I was wondering, like, why are we playing Burks if he's not, like, you know, if he's not a great defender and he wasn't making shots. So it is, that, this is who he is, right? He, he's also very inconsistent, so I'm not too upset with it. Um, you know, with the coach, I kind of understood why he didn't put Obi towards the end a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it was a little questionable, but you're right with the play calling towards the end. I kind of felt like Kemba should have kept being a little, like a lot more aggressive in the fourth quarter. Me too. Uh, be, because it was just like, yeah, you may have, he missed two shots in a row, but it doesn't mean like, you know, then give the ball to Fournier or, you know, cause you could tell what Fournier wanted to do. 
Right. Fournier was so attached to that three-point line, and so the defense knew exactly what he wanted to do. And then the other thing I've always said about Fournier, look, I mean, he's decent. He's able to kind of handle the ball a little, a little bit, but under pressure, he's, his handle's really weak under pressure. Under, uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's a... Yeah, it's so funny it's because he, he was the best. It's funny because that's my thought of him too, but in that first half, mm-hmm. he was the guy who handled the yeah. pressure the, the best out of anybody when it came to like ball handling. I mean, I mean between him and Kimba, but they didn't really allow Kimba to even really handle the ball in that first half. So it was interesting to see. Yeah. It was interesting to see Evan Fournier kind of dribble through two or three people and then make correct passes and not turn the ball over today. And I was like, I didn't. I was kind of surprised at how good he was making plays in that first half, and then but to crumble in the second half, of course. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I definitely agree with you 100%. I just think the only – I think his issue with the second half was actually because he just became a little too predictable. Everyone, He really wanted to uh, basically shoot threes a lot, and mm-hmm. the defense was kind of keying in on that. And so I think he just should have uh, maybe just done a, a – but you're right, he, he played really well in the first half. He did – you know, he was our best playmaker in the first half. It was just I felt like later in that game he just, you know – Everyone just knew what he really wanted to do. So, so I definitely agree with you. Right. Uh, what do you think that's going on with RJ? Why is he, you know, why do you think he's so, like, you know, it, it's one thing to have, like, you know, one good shooting game, one bad shooting game, or even two bad shooting games, then have another good shooting game. That's what you expect from young, young up-and-coming stars. But RJ, like, you know, he has, like, 10-game stretches where he's shooting stuff like 30% from the field, like, right. you know, what do you think that is? What do you think is going on with him? I, I'm not going to say he's not working hard or not because I feel like the, this begin, the beginning of this 10-game stretch or wherever he was at home, I feel like his shooting was bad. And granted, he was bad yesterday, but back-to-backs, I don't really see guys practicing much on back-to-backs. It's like, you know, you, you play yesterday, the next day he comes, maybe you do a light warm up, a white shoot around, and then you get back at it. So I, I can't, like, so I'm not, I don't know what happened yesterday. Well, but I'm, I'm not gonna say he's not shooting, he's not practicing now. I do feel, I feel like in general, I, I feel like in general the team was probably practicing more because just because they've been more at home. So I feel like they probably practiced more the last couple of weeks than they have mm-hmm. most of the season, if anything. Which is probably why I feel like some of the yeah. things that they're practicing is coming together a little bit more on the offensive end. So um, I don't know what today. I just feel like the scouting report is more is more out. Like they like to run pistol, so the teams are adjusting to that that specific play, specific specific play. And I do feel like when RJ did start going, like because RJ had zero points in that first quarter. The second quarter, he kind of went one-on-one, which is interesting because people say he doesn't have the handle. But I, he went one-on-one, and he had success going one-on-one and getting to his left and scoring a couple of buckets. And that kind of got him going a little bit. So I feel like it's, it's more of him reading and adjusting to the adjusting defense on him. I think that's what's happening right now. And then... Even like the the three pointers he got today, I don't think he got he got a couple of clean looks. He got a couple of clean looks, but you know, he still needs to get in, he still needs to work on a gym and get on that gym and and get that. But I feel like most of the bad game is is um him just not you know him adjusting to the defenses. And I think I think the other part is you are a little bit right. I I do feel like 
uh, Anthony Edwards got in his head a little bit. I think that's absolutely true. Especially you missing, you're bricking out here. Anthony Edwards is going ape hand, and and like he, like and it's crazy because Anthony's shooting with his right hand and he's driving left the, the entire game. I'm just like, man, he's going yeah. left at will. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I hoping agree, he turns man. around. I'm hoping he turns around. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I knew it was going to be sort of a tough game because you know, you know, the Timberwolves—they're extremely talented, and uh, they're also starting to play better basketball. But honestly, they don't really know how to play basketball that well. They're really young, and they make a lot of mistakes. And so, I was actually pretty surprised, like you know, especially in the first quarter, the way they they outplayed us. Yeah, in the it... first quarter, starting the game, um, and they were aggressive. They were fast. Yeah, and it just like they just look like a more talented team. It's like way more talented in the first quarter, but you know we're able to kind of like get it together in that third quarter, which is really good. Um, but you know it's just it's just really unbelievable uh, what happened in this game. But in terms of Tibbs, I don't know if I can. You know he did make some mistakes. I don't know if I could really blame him. You know this game. Um, however, you know the it's, <laughs> the stuff that's going on with Obi, you know. Do you think it's kind of like at this point? Do you think it might be getting a little personal? Uh personal. I think he just doesn't trust him. I think he just doesn't trust yeah. him, man. I uh, I think, I think, the three point shot. I think that last that first thing that Obi played, he it went well. I, I feel like he played him a little bit longer than he usually does because I think he brought back Randall around the five minute mark or so. Or five threes yeah. in in that second quarter, but I think once the I think once the second unit lost that lead so quickly, he was just scared. I, I, especially at the end of the games, things get tight, and he feels like he need three point shooting. And he's seen what Alec Burks has done after having bad games and shooting well from three at the end. All of a sudden, I feel like he just he was just more comfortable. So until. Until Obi shows like he hit a shot, and but you know he needs, ironically needs more time to do that. I don't. I'm not sure he'll, if he'll trust him like that in situations like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I think that's a very good point. You know, I definitely agree with you on that. It's just they really struggled. Honestly, though, um, in terms of uh, the point guard situation as a whole, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but it, it's all Tom Thibodeau's fault actually with this whole issues with the point guards. Because, you know, um, when Kemba struggled, because he was playing Kemba too many minutes uh, early in the season, and mm-hmm. so he tailed off on his uh, productivity and performance. And then he benched him and then started playing rules like 38 minutes a game for like a whole week. And, you know, and we saw it coming. And of course, Rose goes down like a week later with an injury. And then, you know, he tries out, uh, you know, he finally brings Kemba, I mean, Kemba back and plays Kemba like 38 minutes a game for like three, like for like a whole week. Right. And then Kemba goes down with an injury and where he should have screwed up was like, he just, you know, I don't know why he just, I mean, just play McBride just early. He should have started this early in the season to get this kid comfortable. And if he did that, you know, because honestly you can't play, you really cannot play Kemba and Rose. Each of them can't play really more than 25 minutes a game. Right. Honestly, once you start getting into like that twenty-seven to thirty minutes, I don't think they can even handle it. Like you know, back to back to back. Me neither. Um, and I think, and it's just 
you know, it sucks. Maybe it doesn't fit with what he wants to do, but this is what he has. And he needs to just adjust to the fact that, like, this is what you have. I feel like he's just banging his head against the wall and basically it feels kind of petulant, right? It's like, oh, you guys don't want to give me the person that I want or the kind of guard that I want, so I'm just going to burn these guys into the ground and then they're going to be injured and, you know, like, and then what? So it's just I think his decisions are really – the bad decisions he's made is kind of really starting to creep up and really hurt the team. And um, honestly, with the whole Obi thing, I – I kind of, I do kind of, I feel like it's a little personal sometimes. I think maybe think so. because like, I think so because of the media, because the way the media is like, you know, and not just the media, Nick fans are a lot more because we have these shows here, like, you know, like your show and Nick fan TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, so you can actually hear what the fans are thinking a lot more these days. Right. And right. so honestly, I kind of think, I think somebody on their staff be watching these shows. <laughs> because remember early in the season, every time we said something, we'll make a criticism, like, why doesn't Obi do this? Then all of a sudden, Obi does it, you know? And so I just always kind of feel like, you know, I do think sometimes they watch some of these, some of these shows and they do listen to it. I'm, and so I'm not gonna I lie. think maybe it might, might be a little personal, you know? I don't know. If, I don't know if the coaches do or anything, but I, I, I do feel like the players be tapped in sometimes because the way the players are tapped into social media is, is a lot. And like I still remember yeah. first, I remember back in the day, Alec, um, you know, Trier, Trier's family was in the chat, and and Trey Burks, like I, Trey Burks, was hitting us up. So it was like Trey Burks's family. I mean, so people tell people talk. Mm-hmm. This is New York. <laughs> things can get things can get in people's heads really fast. So is that affecting the coaching? Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like well, it, it depends yeah, on if the players think, are relaying yeah. stuff like that to them. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because remember when he basically when he made that comment um, about supposedly how everybody wants to back a, a quarterback. I mean, you know, I think that was kind of brought on by the fans and the media. You know, right? I think that's why he felt like he had to address it. And uh, I feel like ever since then he's been like really, Obi. He's always been on a very short leash, but now it's like he doesn't even like you know he doesn't even tolerate anything from Obi anymore. Yeah, and like you know, so. You know, even a shorter a shorter pipeline, the the me like we're plugged like guys like Berman and Ian they're plugged into us now too, so and they're plugged into mm-hmm. Nick's Twitter, so they definitely hear they they'll directly answer questions from Nick's Twitter, so this this is even a flow of information that way, so I, I mean yeah. it's, it's all possible it's definitely all possible man for sure, but yeah yeah man mm-hmm. yo thanks yo thanks people for you for checking in man. And, and rock with me with these, right, cool. these computer problems for real. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Have a good night, man. Shout out to my guy Rico. And shout out to the All 82 game over here talking these Knicks, man. Y'all, y'all diehards over here. It could be anywhere in the world. Y'all here, here talking Knicks basketball after a crushing loss uh, to the Timberwolves. Knicks lose to 112 to 110 to the Timberwolves. You know. We need to we need to make we need to hit foul shots, guys. One, we need to hit foul shots for sure. Two, the turnovers have to be cut down. RJ Barrett. He's getting on, he's getting on Randall for turnovers. RJ had seven turnovers. Randall had three. Evan Fournier had two. Kemba Walker had one. Alec Burks had two. Two and two turnovers and zero points for Alec Burks is crazy. <laughs> Everybody he had 18 turnovers on the night, which is crazy. 
we cut out turnovers to win that game. And we just have to have that poise, man. We worked really hard to get back in the game. To have zero turnovers in the third quarter and four and and then collapse and have all those turnovers in the fourth quarter, that's more of a it seems like more of a mental thing at that point. It seems like more than that. We have to keep our composure and run correct plays. We, we panicked a little bit too much. You can tell. Even the announcers were saying it. They was like, oh, the Knicks are a little tight right now. You really hear Clyde saying it. But um, hopefully we get this next game, man, because this, this, the East is still tight. It looks like I'm hoping this first unit figured it out. And with Derrick Rose coming back and Kemba Walker firing a stride, we might have uh, a, a complete squad. Because we were the we wanted we were one of the best second units in the league. So if we're still one of the best second units in the league when Derrick Rose comes back, and then we have this this offensive synergy with Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, and Julius Randle coming in. Hopefully the full squad will should be back to normal. We we should start running off some wins, even with the tough schedule moving forward. That's and that's the plan. That's that's the hope. All right. Phone lines are open. If you want to call and talk to your boy Jay Ellis, all you know to do is call 319-527-6241. That is 319-527-6241. The number is at the bottom of the graphic, if you couldn't tell. Uh, let's call that number and we can talk Knicks basketball, all right? Next caller up is my guy Jason from the Lower East Side. What's going on, Jason? What's up, man? What's up, man? That last caller was... I disagree with almost everything he said. Oh, word? <laughs> what is it? What is yeah, it? talking about RJ don't practice his shot. <laughs> Are you crazy? How do you go from a 30% three-point shooter in college to a 41% three-point shooter in your second year at the age of 20? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> the free throw shooting is mental. That's it. You don't think he shoots a – he probably goes home and shoots about 500 free throws every night. It's mental. It's hard to do it in the game, you know? Yeah, I, I could. I feel like I, I. The one thing I do agree with him though is the Anthony Edwards guy in his head thing. I, I think that I really. I think agree. That. I, I do, and I think especially in the first, like in the first quarter, like because he, he remember he had those two fouls. He was terrible in the first quarter. Yeah, he was. Then he kind of settled down though, and um, and Anthony Edwards kind of zimmered off too because he was killing in the first half. But then he kind of, I don't know, that Timberwolves team—they're so talented, but man, those guys have terrible shot selection. Yeah, that, I mean that's what you do, like. So you start to realize, like, yo, just let Anthony Edwards shoot three. Don't let, don't let him drive left. Kind of the RJ treatment kind of with people. Like, let him shoot the threes and close off that left. I mean, he can hit them. It's just he takes some bad ones. Like, right. Uh, he's a good, he's talented, but he, he takes a lot of, like, bad shots. Yeah, he That's does. That's all I'll say. He, he definitely I wouldn't even say bad. Listen, man. Yeah, um, even Tyler Three Towns, man. Towns' defense was horrible. For most of this game, <laughs> like it's, it's with Russell, man. Russell, see, and there you go. This is what I'm talking about. When Russell's a good point guard in everybody's eyes, do you think he really was a great point guard today? Nope. <laughs> exactly. You need a good point guard, not just any point guard. <laughs> <laughs> That's to your point. I mean, um, man, it was crazy how good they were on defense with Russell out there and Kyle Anthony Towns. That was crazy. Like I don't understand. They they were one of the best turnover. They're one of the best teams at uh, turning the ball over for teams and yes because they got pat beverly who's a, a disruptive player and they got two six nine guys that have long wingspans that play real good defense and Jaden mcdaniels and, and jerry vanderbilt right so they get in the passing you know and everybody else just flaps and they get by and it's like man but i'm sorry go ahead get they, to your points they, man they get it by their offense i mean i don't know what their defensive numbers are this year but i don't know but but the other thing is 
I mean, you guys, you know, I've been seeing trade Obi, and I don't think people seem to understand why I've been saying that. Because when Randall went out with COVID, and then Obi played for two games, and then Randall came right back, Tibbs saw, in Tibbs' mind, he felt verified that Obi is not the guy who everyone thinks he is. Hmm. You know, and I feel like he saw all of Obi's limitations and was like, nah, I need to go back to Randall. And ever since that point, and then when the game after, when he put it, when he put Obi to nine minutes and Randall played a lot and they won, mm-hmm. I was like, it's over for Obi. They might, they got to trade him. I've been saying it from the beginning. It's funny because when I first said it, a lot of people thought I was crazy. Hey, but now a lot of people are starting to say, yeah, man, it makes sense. They, they, and I know you said it a year ago. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I said it last year. I was like, yeah, I ain't going to yeah, like but this. <laughs> but uh, before they I started trade him now because his value is just going to go down. Like, I don't see, like, in the summer, I don't know if you're going to get anything for him. Right. And, and that's the that's the cash 22 for any player. That's how you end up getting, like, these all-stars for cheap. Like, James, nobody knew James Harden was James Harden. What did, James, what did we change James Harden for? I don't even like, – <laughs> like, you know, like – yeah. That's, it was Kevin Martin and like I don't know, first round pick or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> and where are they? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like these guys who who are the backups. Like no one knows the backups of superstars until they go to another team and they flourish. So, yeah. I mean, I think Obi will be good. I don't think he's gonna be a superstar. I think he'll be good though. Like I don't know how good. Like I don't know if he's ever gonna be defensively good enough where he'll be a real good player. Right. He'll even pass it. But I don't know if he'll ever be real good. And I, I don't blame Tibbs for pulling him. Because when he pulled him, he, that unit was playing terrible. Right. They're the ones who lost the lead. And then when, when they got into foul trouble, you, you, don't, you saw the way the Knicks were defending. They were doing a lot of switching and they were trapping. You don't think that, if, that those, they would have targeted Obi Toppin in a second? They wouldn't have tried to get Anthony Edwards on him or Carl Anthony Towns on oh, him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And go right at him? Absolutely. Yeah, like... People gotta just give it up. I look, I I love Obi too, but like, he needs to go to a team like a bad team where he could just play like twenty, thirty minutes a night. Yeah, and flourish because when he gets that, when he gets his minutes, you see his value. Like he's good. Yeah, he's not good enough to carry a team yet, but he's good. <laughs> yeah, and then like I, I'm gonna go on a little rant right now because I, I posted something on Twitter. Like people gotta stop with this Tibbs hate. Like. Every two seconds, oh, Tibbs, Tibbs, Tibbs made all these mistakes. Like, look, t- he's dealing with a limited roster. We don't have, like, the answers. Like, there's no, oh, just play this guy, and all of a sudden we're going to win. Right. He made a ton of defensive adjustments today that worked. I don't know if you – like, I, if you go back and watch, you'll see, like, they, they defended completely different in the second half. They started trapping. They started switching. They started doing a whole bunch of different things. The problem is that Mitch got in foul trouble. I actually thought when he wasn't fouling – I thought Mitch was actually playing good defense. No, he was playing really good. I feel like he hates Tom. I don't know. It's, did they have like a, a? It sounded like he had a point to prove in that first half, where he was like, "Nah, son, give me all the rebounds." <laughs> I think he felt like if Towns was like pushing him, mm. and then he would go and like the ball or something, and it was he would get fouled, and he would like, he was always yelling at the ref like something was happening. I don't know. He's got he's got to wisen up. But I, I mean. That this matchup was like one of his worst matchups. Yeah. And again, outside of Powell's, I thought he wasn't bad. Like when he switched, I thought his defense was all right. You know, and and then I felt like like I think Tibbs has like Tibbs did a good job. They did like they were doing a thing where he was telling Mitch stay high on Towns, force him to drive, and then Randall will come yeah. over because nobody cares. Randall built, and that worked a few times. It did definitely work. 
it definitely and he got worked. into foul trouble he kind of messed everything up you know and just a lot of fans they like they like other side this Obi thing people just every time we lose you gotta blame Tibbs you gotta blame Tibbs and it's like Tibbs ain't out there playing all right, Tibbs, everyone says run the offense to RJ, right? I'm sure a ton of people call you call and say, we got to run the offense to RJ. We sure. got to run the offense to RJ. We ran the offense to RJ and it had seven turnovers. Yeah. That probably cost us the game. So you can't, I mean, I'm okay with it, but I'm, you can't, you can't, you can't have it both ways. I feel you. I mean, I'm part of, I'm part of the run the offense more through RJ too. I'm part of that game too. But I also comes, I also, I also know what comes with it. And you, you know what? I feel like there is a, there's there's not like a one size fit all answer to everything. I think people kind of oversimplify problems sometimes when they watch the Knicks. Why are the Knicks bad? Because we can't coach. Kids is the problem. Or oh, why is the Knicks bad? Oh, it's Randall. He can't like. It's it's never just one thing. It's always a complex answer. Like the other thing is this: no one ever gives Tibbs credit. Like if we would have won today, how many people would have been like, "Yo, Tibbs did a great job." Right. Yeah, I agree. They would have said, "Oh." This guy did play good. That guy played good. And then the other thing, people can't say Tibbs can't develop players. And then at the same token, they talk about how good RJ's been and how much better he's been this year, how much more steadier Mitch has been, how much <laughs> IQ has gotten better, and how they like how Grimes is getting better. But somehow the coach is holding them back? Get out of here. You know what? Here, here's, my, here's my thing. There's no such thing as a perfect coach. There's no such thing as a perfect coach. I do feel like there are certain things that Tibbs does that annoys me, but I feel like every coach annoys everybody. I think I think that's just the way it is. That every every coach, yeah, like people go in on Tibbs after every single loss. <laughs> like if you like it's insane. No, he is not Fizdale. Like Fizdale is the worst coach we ever had. Losing all our games like the Lakers are losing. <laughs> fact, that's a fact. Fizdale is the worst coach we ever had. I don't. Yeah. Like they talk about us, like we got LeBron James and and and, and freaking Anthony Davis, and we losing all these games. <laughs> here's here's the thing that I feel like. Here's the thing I do. I here's the things that here's the problems I do have with Tibbs. Tibbs sometimes he doesn't now. Well, now not today, not today. Usually he doesn't play the young guys enough when they're rolling, and that that bothers me sometimes. Sometimes he the the, the ISO play calling at the last minutes seem like. We shouldn't be doing it. We should be have better plays for you know last minute situations like the the play we had today. Like it was obvious to me that Kemba should have the ball, and somehow he yeah, didn't get the ball. I have a question: Do you think Tibbs ran a play, or you think Tibbs gave let them do what they would did, and Kemba gave him the ball? It felt like there was freestyling. I don't know what was called in that timeout. That's what I'm saying. I don't <laughs> think it was. I don't especially the last play. There was no timeout. I don't think that the plan was. Tibbs said, "Okay, run this. Give the ball to Evan and let him go." No, I, I think, don't think Tibbs so. trusted him to, to 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 screen and run a play. <laughs> or screen and, and, and who had the ball first? That gave the ball to Evan. Somebody had the ball. Was it Kemba? And they tried something. It didn't work. And then they got the ball like to was, Evan. I feel like it was Randall. Hey yo, everybody. It might have been, I don't know. All the guys. You know? Hold on, hold on one second. Everybody who has a tomato in the chat, if you disagree, call up, straight up. <laughs> Call up. What, they, they, they to me? Oh, oh yeah, they, yeah, because they, you know they blaming the coach. They want to blame the coach for everything. So they want to blame the coach. Yeah, they every two seconds. But I have a question for you: Where would this team be with this roster without Tibbs? This roster without Tibbs? Yeah, we're, I mean, yeah, 
We would be worse defensively. Like I, you already hear me say this last season, man. Like this is last season. We were better because of Tibbs. He 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 told he taught us defensive principles. He's the reason why we even made the playoffs last season. So that's why when people talk about fire Tibbs, I'm kind of I'm not on the fire Tibbs bandwagon. Do I want him to make some changes? Absolutely. Don't even make some sense. I just don't get how people don't give Tibbs credit for anything. We had Randall, who we all wanted to run out of town, was all NBA. RJ Barrett was one of the worst high usage players in his rookie season. Look it up. I'm not making this up. Look up the advanced stats on RJ. They were fucking. I'm oh, sorry, I shouldn't curse. They were terrible. Right. And he was really good last year. And he, he seems to have finally made a leap this year. IQ was a player who a lot of people said the Knicks reached on him. Right? Yeah. He looked pretty good last year. He got a lot better as the year went on. Like, yeah. but none of that, Tibbs, no, you don't get credit for none of that. It's like almost like you just talk about how good the players are and the coach is just like, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a balance, man. I think everybody has a lot. It's, it's all a balance. You can't. I, 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 I'm fans, and I'm, I'm just real frustrated because it's, 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 getting, it's getting ridiculous this year. Like, literally, it's literally like, like if we would have won this game. I don't know how everyone would be talking about how great, like, not Tibbs is, how great RJ is, whatever, whoever won the game. But the second we lose, everyone has a meltdown and everyone has a hissy fit about Tibbs. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, man, I do feel like Tibbs should have played a call a bit of play, but also, we got to hit free throws, dog. Like, how many free throws we miss on a night? <laughs> yeah, because we got to not turn the ball over. Yeah. We got to turn the ball over. Like, we got to make, we we gotta gotta make free throws. <laughs> we got to foul, especially like Mitch. Okay. <laughs> All right. Those are terrible fouls they have, you know? All right. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on, guys. All right. Hold on. No, we got Big Reaper's back. Big Reaper's back, and he wants wants to rub it. I I guess so. I guess. (laughs) We'll keep it civil. We're not going to be like, you know, we're not going to be cursing at each other. Nah, we're not going to be cursing each other like that. But Big Reaper doesn't want to rub it. People go nuts. We ain't going to do that. Nah, you're not. We're not. No, nah, we're not. Nah, it's nah, not we're not doing it. It's not that serious. <laughs> it's All right, Reaper, what you got for me? Yeah, so look, I, I didn't say Tiz is a bad coach. Actually, I think Tiz is a good coach, but he's a very, because he's an older coach, he's proven. He is very stubborn. And so he doesn't like, you know, he likes to do it his way. And you can't deny he's made mistakes this year that's kind of haunted the team, especially the way he's played the point guards. I mean, like, he's the reason why, Derrick Rose and Kimball Walker got injured this year. And if he just would have just, you know, just – he should have been bringing three-point guards. Unfortunately, because we have the two-point guards we did, he, if he wanted to have, like, a, a basically consistent effort from that uh, position the whole year, he should have been playing that young kid, you know, so the young kid could get more comfortable in the offense. So he wouldn't be so bad if, like – I'm, like, the biggest Luther Bride fan, but – Deuce McBride was not ready. And if you watch him, all you have to do is just watch him play in the G League. You watch his first game in the G League to his last game in the G League, and you see how much better he's gotten. We would have lost all those games he played. Look, I mean, look, the whole point is he should have started playing Deuce McBride a little bit, maybe nine minutes a game, nine to ten minutes a game. Number one, we would still have Derrick Rose. We would still have – we would have still had Derrick Rose if we would have been playing Deuce McBride maybe ten minutes a game. And Kemba wouldn't have gotten hurt either. That's just what I believe. And now because he basically, he rambled Derrick Rose and uh, Kemba into the ground, that's why we had a lot of the issues we're having. And then in terms of development. Look, I don't, I don't look, mean, that he played Kemba and Rose too many minutes, especially like, toward, like so, when he played Kemba like 38 minutes. 
But I'm just saying, like, that I don't think the solution was just to start playing Deuce right away 10 minutes because you Kemba's a rhythm player. He don't like to just – he's not going to be happy just playing 15 minutes. I'm not saying playing Kemba 15 minutes. You could play basically Kemba 20 minutes, rules maybe 20 to 25 minutes, and then basically give Deuce the rest of the minutes. Nobody's saying just play That's Kemba uh, 15 minutes. But honestly, honestly – Kemba can't honestly. Kemba can't play more than twenty five minutes a game. But you said twenty minutes, and then 20, 25 minutes. That leaves three minutes. I, I mean, even if okay, it's not whatever, even if it's not okay. I see what I, I see what Reaper is saying. Even if it's not Deuce, um, even in a pinch, Alec Burks. Because if I, if you want to go, yeah, Alec no, Burks. I agree. He could have played. He should have played Kemba less, especially when he came back from. From not playing, and right. he should have played Rose left in that stretch. I completely agree with that. Okay. I'm not. I'm just saying the difference is we're only talking. We're talking about like six, seven minutes. Okay, but honestly, it you I have to admit that's the issue. That's one. He, I do agree with you that he messed up playing those two older guys too many minutes. We don't have to argue about okay. that. You're right. The other point. The other point that I have is you're saying like Tibbs is great for development. Look. I do. I'm okay with this approach. Let me talk for a second. Let me talk for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Say, repeat. Hold on. Hold on, Jason. Repeat yourself. Repeat. I didn't hear what you said. I'm okay with Tibbs' approach to uh, developing young players. I, he's not the best at it, but I like the fact that you have to prove it in practice, first of all. And then, basically, if you can prove it in practice and play well in practice, then you can play well in the games. However, you can't say Tibbs is like, you know, great at development either and say like RJ took a big leap. RJ didn't take a leap this year. RJ actually, you know, he regressed this year. He's had some games where he's looked really well where like uh, it's actually he's looked good like maybe I want to say 11 games this year. Like he looked really good as a playmaker and also carrying the team. But aside from that, RJ, if you look at the most of the season, people – feel like RJ actually regressed and everybody was looking for him to take another step forward. And so you can't really say like, you know, um, look, I'm not saying he's terrible at development, but I feel like he's not really good at development either. And you can kind of see what he, you know, what he does with like a lot of the young players, IQ, um, you know, he IQ you is just struggled this better? year. You don't think IQ is better? You see how he had the mid-range shot and you don't think his passing has gone better this year? No, IQ is basically playing worse in terms of production this year. It's actually efficiency and deeper. Like you don't just give guys more responsibility and then they all of a sudden become better. That's the same thing with RJ. RJ this this year has had especially in the last 10, 10, 15 games. You're right. Before then, he was he was terrible. He's had more usage, more responsibility than he's ever had in his whole career. You don't just do that and all of a sudden put up the better numbers. No, I, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you. You know, it's like he, they have taken no more responsibilities, you know. Uh, but in terms yeah, of, like, I don't feel like he's playing IQ. Better. I, I don't believe that, you know, I don't believe IQ has been put in the best spot, in the best, you know, spot to succeed, especially as a point guard. If you, IQ struggles at the point guard position sometimes, especially getting his own shot because – the way he shoots the ball. It's very easy for defenders to close out and, and block his shot. Yeah, he doesn't get I agree. But that's that's an IQ thing. I mean, what do you want Tips to do about that? That's a, that's what he has to work on with his trainer in the offseason. Well, yeah. well, I, I kind of agree with Jason. Not putting yeah. them in the best spot to, to, I kind of agree but, with Jason here. You know, yeah. Tibbs is not, 
Okay, that's cool. It just, but I think Tiz is not putting them in the best spot to succeed, though. Well, he should not be on the wall. What spot do you want to put IQ? What spot do you want to put IQ? A little more. He should be off ball that's, a little that's more. That's what he, he does when Derrick Rose is there. Yeah. You heard he was off ball when Derrick Rose was playing. Yeah. I, I, okay, but I, I think then what about Deuce McBride? You know, like I think he can McBride. play Deuce McBride. This is where then it kind of it brings Deuce McBride into it more. very you know? good in the last few games he played. I hope he gets another shot, but he has to, when he plays, he has to play a lot better next time because he wasn't – he wasn't. He wasn't the point guard. He was doing the same thing that IQ was doing. He was just. He wasn't driving. He wasn't creating offense. He was basically just playing like as a, as like a, a. He was basically just like an off ball guard. Essentially, he just brought the ball up. And I love Deuce McBride. I'm gonna watch him. Hopefully, he plays tomorrow with Westchester, and we and I get to watch him play. And hopefully, he shows us up. I feel the coach is not putting. There's some of the players he's not putting in the best spot to succeed. I think. I think IQ is one of them. Deuce Brimbride, he should have been playing him a little more early in the season. If he played him early in the season for him to get comfortable with the NBA game and speed, you mm-hmm. you would be able to play Deuce McBride right now. But because he didn't okay, do okay, that. Okay. All right, all right. Playing these players and well, also trying to win games. Like, he can't just say, I'm going to play all these young players so they get development and we're going to just keep losing. Yeah. Nobody's saying play the young players like the whole game. We're just saying give them, like, a little bit of minutes here and there. All right, hold on, 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 guys, hold on, guys, hold on, guys. All right, this is our first three-way discussion. This is the first three-way discussion. Um, I feel like both of you have some some good points. Um, Chad, let me know who do y'all think? Who do y'all kind of agree with? I do kind of feel like there's because they're all tips haters. I I don't hate tips. I really don't. I think he's a good coach, but he's made, but he's made. He's made mistakes. He's made a, a few mistakes. It's actually I still hurting us. That's what I yeah, think. I'm asking the same question. And we can end it here. I'll ask you the same sure. question I asked Jay Ellis. How many wins would the Knicks have if Tiz wasn't our coach? Yeah, Who's like, the coach? <laughs> what do you think? Who, 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 all right. Hey, it depends hey, yeah. on who the coach is, right? Yeah, here, here, all right. Here's, here's, what I, here's what I think. Here's what I, here's what I think. I'm I'm kind of signing on the side of Jason a little bit. I'm not gonna go lie, man. Like I, I I do feel like when people talk about okay, RJ's regression. A lot of the RJ's regression is at the beginning of the season with shooting, right? Like what do you, how do you how do you get better shooting? You you get you get in the gym. You take you take your shots. You open. He was missing a lot of wide open shots in the beginning. That had nothing to really do with coaching. Um, I I do feel like um, I. I do feel like IQ, he's giving more responsibility. I feel like they was grooming him to be more of a head point guard in summer league, and they were kind of weaning him into being a league guard, which is why they had Derrick Rose running with him. Like even if you look at Clean the Glass stats from this season, because uh, you know I look at him a lot. Derrick Rose's usage rate was going down as IQ was going up this season. And we was having we had a lot of success this season with Derrick Rose's usage rate going down and IQ's going up. Um, and that's with IQ getting a little bit more responsibility. And we have one of the best benches in the league, top three in the league scoring wise. Um, but now he's he the training wheels are off and he's asked to do it by himself. And you know, he's not able to do it all the time by himself. So I don't think that's a tips thing. I just like I, I feel like they were. I feel like they had him on a program to be a, a point guard for real, and he just he stop he stop and go, and that's what young players do. They 
they get better during days and they get worse some days. It's not like a straight line. It's not like a straight line. Like it'd be like a stock market. Like you hoping you hoping your players are like a stock market going up for guys who went to start. Like sometimes it goes up and it goes down a little bit, and it goes up, it goes down a little bit. But it trends up, and you're hoping that's what you're hoping for. Right now, our IQ is trending down, and hopefully, he trends back up. And that's the same for RJ as can well. I make, mm. Can I make just two quick final points? Go ahead. Number one, like young players, like I was saying earlier when I called the first time, young players, when they're inconsistent, you can see basically, okay, they'll have one decent, one good game, and then maybe they'll have two or three bad games, and mm. then they'll have another good game. It's not like they'll have, you know, our, like the problem is RJ and IQ, it's like one or two good games and then 10 bad games. And so that's why – as, I'm not saying this about IQ, but with RJ, I do think he was not putting up the shots like he was putting up shots last year. Okay. Even earlier this season, the coach said it, called him out, although he walked it back. But the coach did say he wasn't putting up the shots he was putting up last year, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's just, that's just what I think, and I just think he's not. And you can just tell. I don't think it's all, it's all mental with RJ. I just think it's just practice. That's just what I think. And I think he just hasn't been getting up the same amount of shots as he got up last year. And that's why he's struggling, especially with shooting, not just from three, but at the line. So that's pretty much all I got to say. I mean, you made some good points. I don't think Tibbs is a bad coach, but he definitely has made quite a few mistakes. And the mistakes have are still hurting the team. You can't deny that. Uh, but thanks, guys. All right. Absolutely. Shout out to Reaper. On Twitter, Reaper. Um, I don't really use Twitter that much, uh, but I am on, on Twitter. I think it's like the same handle, like Big Reaper, I think. So uh, I don't I'll really use it that much. Great conversation, man. Hopefully we can All talk right. next time when we win. All right. All right. <laughs> All right cool. Shout out the the gentleman's duel on KOT. They, talk, they, they make their points and they shake hands and follow each other on Twitter. That's how you do it. All right. Shout out to, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to my guys who's rocking with the KOT show. Um, and shout out to people who's rocking with us, man. After this loss, almost at midnight, talking, talking Knicks. I'm looking at these comments. <laughs> Celtics just got Bobo. Okay. Celtics got Bobo. Sherwin M says IQ is still taking foolish shots. Um, I don't think he was taking foolish shots today. I just feel like he wasn't hitting shots and he, he wasn't running the team like I hoped. But I don't think he had a. Did he have a bad shooting night? I don't think he had a bad shooting night today. I don't know the numbers off the rip. Let's see. How did IQ do today? IQ. Yeah, one of two. He shot 50%, one of two shots. He, yeah, he didn't even shoot. He didn't even really shoot today. One of two from the field. Uh, Shot Legacy says RJ was missing a lot of layups as well. He's gotten better at closing out at the rim. Lately, which turned his offense around. Yeah, you're absolutely right. At the beginning of the season, RJ was one of the top finishers in the league. Um, then he started bricking, and then all of a sudden, when Randall got out, he got back to being one of the top finishers in the league again. Uh, what we're seeing right now, those people are getting hit to the fact that he's one of the top finishers in the league, and they're playing him to be more of a shooter. They're playing him for more of the mid-range, and they're like taking away his passing lanes and passing angles on picking rolls and his, those little corner passes he gives to Evan Fournier to free things up. So RJ has to adjust to the defense adjusting to him for the Knicks to be successful. And you know what? With Kemba Walker back, and we'll see, because Kemba Walker is a lot more of a playmaker, um, maybe that 
part of the game will get a little bit more interesting and more developed for RJ as well. All right. Um, next color up we have Stan Nowak. Stan, how how's it going, man? I know you got the you, the bus to live right now, and it's making it a lot worse watching these Knicks. Hello, Stan. Can you hear me? There you go. Hello. Hello. Oh, he's back, Fritz. Hello. Yeah. Hi, uh, Jay Stan Novak. How are you? What's going on, Stan? Um, I, I just I just have two words to say about this game. Um, free throws. Yep. Yeah. Um, we have to get to the point where practice is, uh, you shoot, you shoot 200 free throws and, and you don't get out of the gym until you shoot 70%. Yeah. At least. I mean, I, I, I it's too much. Yeah. This is, this is basketball basics. Yeah, yeah. The pressure got to Randall, especially. Randall was eighty percent from the free throw line today. Gets to the line with the game on the line and chokes. And then R.J. Barrett, you know, fifty percent from the line as a guard can't be doing that. <laughs> no, and especially since a man can shoot the three, you'd think he could shoot the free throw. Right. Absolutely. So, and and that's that's it. I mean, that's all I've got to say. I mean, it's. It's it's just free throws. Um, although, one more thing, today's game did raise Kemba's trade value. That's true. <laughs> uh, it, it, it did raise Kemba's trade value because, uh, you know, he, he's not he he can't be the point guard of the future. And when D Rose gets back, um, if the Knicks decide, if Tibbs, who is well, he's a very stubborn guy because he's been around a while and he does things his own way and he succeeded. But uh, if uh, if D Rose gets back, then you can start quick at point guard for one reason: you've always got a mentor. I don't think Kemba is. I I, I doubt Kemba is as close to quick. Um, as D Rose is as a mentor, and um, D Rose is, is pivotal. When D Rose comes back and gets healthy, this team will will start to win. That's yeah. That's that's a bad commentary because we ought to be able to do well without D Rose. I mean, what are you going to do when his contract's up? Yeah. So, well. and Obi, how many minutes did Obi play? Uh, I think he played like nine minutes a day. But you, you already know D. Rose. D. Rose is trying to play until he's 45. You already heard him say it. <laughs> he's not trying to quit. Well, that's we'll, see. well, that's good. I mean, because D. Rose probably can play till he's 45. Mm. But but Obi, Obi, we don't want Obi off this team by the time he's 25. Um, use him, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, that, that's all I've got to say. And, uh. No jokes tonight. And, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, take care. All right, man. All right, Stan. Take care. All right. All right. Stan was down. He had no jokes tonight. 
It's a different type of stamina. Shout out to my guy Stan. He's still all I want IQ to start. Um, IQ is struggling right now, man. I de I definitely like IQ next to the starters because I feel I do feel like he gave them some open shots. But now that Kemba is back, um, I mean Burks was doing well for that for for, for three games in a row. But now that Kemba is back. Especially in closing moments, we're gonna roll the dice and see if you get some synergy with Kemba. See what happens. Uh, Kemba had a great game today, 19 points, get some clutch baskets. You already heard I, fe I felt, man. He should have got the ball at the end of the game, but you know we should have hit some free throws as well. We should have stopped turning the ball over as well. Um, we should have stopped fouling as well. Mitch, I don't even know why Mitch. That last, there was a foul where Mitch damn near pushed Carl Anthony Towns out of bounds, and I can't believe he argued that call i can't believe now granted there was like two calls where i feel like mitch played perfect defense but man that that one was crazy that one was absolutely crazy and it seemed like too there was a, there was a few times where where tips was really scared to use that timeout to burn that timeout to challenge a call i thought he i thought he might have challenged one of mitch's calls foul calls one time to see if he get a call return but he never did it but I mean, it is what it is. Knicks at the end of the day, Knicks lost by two points. Knicks lost by two points. Uh, a couple of bounces going our way. We won this game. Spoil the forty-point effort, though. Um, but yeah, man. So I think it's a good time to end the show. I'm gonna end the show right here. The next game for these Knicks be tomorrow versus is it tomorrow versus the Pelicans. Oh, wait. Okay, no, because it's midnight. So, Thursday versus the Pelicans. It's the Pelicans at MSG. And then Sunday, the Clippers. Knicks versus Clippers on Sunday. It starts to get real, all right? It starts to get real. But um, thank you guys for watching. We'll definitely be back on Thursday. I think Roy will be here on Thursday. Um, I need to hit Ryan up. I'm not sure what happened to Ryan. Hopefully, Ryan's okay. It's not... But um Okay, Ryan oh, okay, Ryan's okay. Just shout out to Ryan, man. I know some But um we'll be back on Thursday. Hopefully we'll have the full squad back Thursday. We haven't had the full trio back with Ryan, G and and we're all together. But hopefully we'll be back Thursday all together and what rain or shine. Computer problems or not, we'll be talking Knicks Thursday, Knicks versus Timberwolves. So definitely check us out then. Alright. But also Y'all gotta go to nickatimeshow.com because we could be, our writers are writing, man. They their writers are writing. We got some new blogs out that's kind of bigging up the front office and the moves they made. Um talking about Cam Reddish and Joker Bitis, man. Joker Bitis is out here balling. I don't know if you guys realize this. But uh Joker Bitis is out here really balling for these Knicks. So we having all these point guard problems. But um, maybe next season we might have a guy who can be a, a real playmaker for us. All right, he just Yokobai just hit like a clutch shot the other day with the game on the line, and he's making he's 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 turning some heads and raising some eyebrows. Uh, we can go. Uh, he won the Euroleague's midseason GM survey by being named the favorite to win the Rising Star Award. 24-year-old, 6'4", point guard. 
Barcelona tearing up, tearing it up, averaging 8.5 points a game, 2.1 assists a game, and 17.3 minutes a game. And I think he's shooting some some crazy stats, like 50, 50% from the field, 50% from three in that short little burst of 17 minutes a game. So yo, pay attention. Uh, keep you plugging. I'm going to post some stuff on the Nick of Time Instagram about Yoko Baidas to keep you guys informed because he's really doing some things out there. All right. All right. All right. So that is our show. Like I said, we'll be back on Thursday. You can follow us on all social media as well. You can follow us on the KOT show on Twitter, the Nicked Time show on Instagram. And you are on Facebook as well. All right. So definitely follow us on all social media. Also, you can get our snapbacks as well. KLT snapbacks are at nicktimeshow.com slash catalog to get your snapbacks in black, black and white and blue and orange. Shout out to my guy, Joe. Who, uh, your, your snapback is on his way, Joe, so you can be rocking with the KLT show, rocking the KLT gear while you're watching these Nick games. All right? Great. Be Civilized says, great show, man. I'm, I'm glad. Listen, I'm so glad we had a great show today because everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Just like the next game, everything went wrong, man. Like, my computer was going crazy. I tried to have Raw here passed in. And it allows me to do the show by myself, but it is what it is. But, but shout out to Glamour Nick. Shout out to Tell Alejandro. Shout out to Be Civilized. I think Be Civilized, somebody said it was on a call in and they didn't show. Once Nick always Nick said it was on a call in. He got, he got gun shy. Yo, next game call in. Glamour Nick's too. You can call in too, man. Ladies are welcome. You don't get a lot of ladies here a lot of times, so all ladies are definitely welcome. If y'all want to call in and participate too, definitely, definitely ladies are welcome here. All right? That is our show. Uh, you know what I say, man. You know what it is, as always. Shut out the worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here, right? That is our show. We are out of here. York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in,